Hey, hey, welcome back. It's me, David. Uh, been away for a little while, and I'm returning again with a new series called No Agenda. And the idea is, while previously I was speaking a lot about my experience in the first four years of business, now I want to talk about something that's totally not often in the spotlight, which is the mindset of being a creative. Because I find, at least for myself, the most rewarding and the most... Uh, the most I've ever advanced in my work started from self-discovery, started from looking at my own habits, looking at my own uh, mental patterns, and getting to the root of certain things that were holding me back, which I found to be even more accelerating in work than any type of tactic or business hack that someone might be giving you. So I'm going to be shooting a video and podcast uh, both on YouTube and on iTunes for this and I'll kick it off today. And sort of the idea of no agenda is, you know, I'm just going to kind of ramble a bit about something that I've picked up or noticed. You can listen in the morning. It kind of helps you set the tone and plants an idea in your head that you might be able to ponder and potentially come to your own discovery. Because at the end of the day, this is about you uh, discovering for yourself. I'm here just to sort of plant ideas, um, which is the same thing as my email list, Creative Caffeine. So... Uh, the first kind of episode I was inspired to do because I got an email from an old yoga instructor of mine and I used to live in Columbus and across the street from my place in Columbus was uh, a yoga studio and she sent me an email recently and what it said I thought was really funny which was she said I have notes from a notebook from 2016 and there's a note about you in it and I wanted to share it with you and the note said something to the effect of I have this student in class named David and he's one of the most inflexible yoga students I've ever taught but what I find amazing is for whatever reason he seems to not let that hold him back and anytime he can't do a certain type of move or posture he just goes off in the corner and does his own thing and so he's the most inflexible, flexible-minded person I've ever taught, and I just found it really interesting. So she sent that to me, and I laughed, um, and it's totally true. I'm My hamstrings are, like, terrible. But in class, anytime something didn't work for me, I just adjusted. I'd just get a block, a strap. I'd go off in the corner and put my legs up the wall. I'd just lay there. Um, and I really had no qualms, I guess, with doing that. And I think what that made me think about is this idea that is so prevalent in sort of society and something I want to uh, approach through a new lens, which is what is it to be good at yoga? What does it mean to be a great yoga student? Does the student who shows up to class, who attends every class, who shows up with intensity and uh, practices their moves every day, who always uh, puts themselves to the max so that they stretch as much as possible. They go to all the seminars, they talk to all the teachers, they read all the books, and when they perform, they hit their edge or sometimes they don't quite make it and it's discouraging to them, but they know that the next day they're going to show up and they're going to take it to the room and give it their best shot. Is that the person who is the best at yoga? Or is the person who's best at yoga 
The person who shows up in the room in a joyful state, who laughs when they fall out of a posture, and who doesn't take things too serious, but instead enjoys inhabiting their body. Which student is quote unquote better? And I hate that word. I don't want to use the word better, but it's the only thing that comes to mind right now. Who is the true yoga student there? And I'll give one more example before I kind of get to my point. The second one is meditation. Who is more meditative? The person that has a clear mind all day. They wake up, they feel clear, they go to the grocery store, they go to work, they have meetings, they have a very calm mind during those meetings. Their kids are having issues, they're fighting with each other, and with a calm presence, they handle the situation and they sort of laugh to themselves while they handle it. Is that person meditative? Or is the person who's meditative somebody who at 6 a.m. every day they wake up and they do 20 minutes of meditation? When they do those 20 minutes, they make sure to do five types of breathing exercises. They have their oils ready. Um, they sit in the correct posture. And without fail, every day they are achieving meditation through that practice. See, sometimes we miss the entire point, the entire purpose through achievement. Sometimes we think that it is the practice of the thing, not the fulfillment of the thing or the arrival of the thing that matters. And so I would rather arrive in a calm meditative state during my entire day than I would force myself to practice something to arrive. Just like with yoga, I'd rather show up inhabiting my body with a fun, light-hearted attitude than I would try to practice with enough intensity to eventually arrive in that state. And if you understand this, it's so profound because what most people do is they practice and try and tr um, attempt to arrive into a certain place. And when it doesn't work, they think, I must not have been doing it right. So now let me add essential oils. Now let me hire a new coach. Now let me practice twice as hard. I haven't arrived at being uh, flexible in my mind as a yoga student. Okay, well, maybe I should double down and practice twice a day instead of once a day. And so the false belief is I must practice harder. I must try harder. I must double down with intensity so that I can get an outcome. There's another way to do it, which is to simply arrive in that state as much as you possibly can. And when you fall out of that state, return to it. And so whether it's practicing yoga, whether it's practicing meditation, whether it's practicing some other type of sport or skill, understand where you're trying to arrive, what you're trying to become with your practice, and don't let practice get in the way of becoming that. I think this is a huge blind spot for people. I think it is why people spend a lot of money um, and a lot of stress and intensity in their pursuits instead of taking a step back, looking simply at the thing, understanding what it means to achieve or arrive in the true sort of destination or place that you're trying to go and simply noticing when you're not there and uh, 
becoming that as much as possible. Now, I know that's like a lot of kind of crazy language there, but it's very profound. And I think it is a crucial step in starting to relate to your work in a way that is enjoyment and process-based and sort of outcome-based versus struggle for the sake of struggle versus thinking that you're just doing something wrong and if you only tried harder, you'd have it right. Remove that form of thinking uh, and instead work on arriving in the place that you're ultimately trying to go as much as possible, as consistently as possible through your own process, uh, not the process of others. So uh, that's the first episode of No Agenda. I'm David Cherry, your host, conductor. I'm going to just talk about things that I'm noticing. Hopefully they're helpful to you. Hopefully they plant a seed that grows because uh, I'm just here to share some of my thinking around mindset, around being a creative, around habits or things that have held me back and share them with you so that you can explore yourself, explore in your own way, maybe eventually start your own show, your own blog, etc. So thanks again. And I'll be back in the morning to share another episode of No Agenda with David Cherry. Later.